Thank you for the day. Um, thank you for loving us so much. Thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for the privilege that you've uh, given me to share with uh, my brothers and sisters in Christ this morning. I pray that you would um, just, uh, that I might just be a vessel, nothing more, nothing less, that you might um, speak to us, your people, uh, regarding uh, the things in your word and I would ask for your grace uh, for when we are convicted for your power and strength to uh, make changes in our lives and uh, we would thank you for that. We thank you for your, the way that you work and for your goodness and for all that you do every day. And I just thank you for each one that's here and just praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you want to turn to the book of Colossians, we're actually going to primarily be in Colossians chapter 3, although we will be referencing some other verses of Scripture. I want to read two relatively small sections of Colossians 3. The first is just the first two verses, and then the second part will be verses 15 through 17. Paul, writing to the believers in Colossae, wrote these words in the first two verses of chapter 3. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ... Keep seeking the things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. And then verses 15 through 17. The apostle wrote, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do, whatever you do, <laughs> In word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Not that there won't be other things that we mentioned, but primarily I want us to consider five things this morning that we see in those few verses. The first, that we have been raised up with Christ. The second, that we are to keep seeking 
the things above. Thirdly, that we are to set our mind on the things above. Fourthly, that we are to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. And fifthly, that we are to let the word of Christ richly dwell within us. So starting with those first two verses of Colossians chapter 3. And let me just read that again. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. Of course, when we see that word, therefore, um, to do a really in-depth, lengthy study, we would have to go and look back at the things that he had been talking about, which we're not going to do, although we will look back just a little bit. But let me just say that if you are here this morning, born again, a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have been raised up with Christ. And I think we will see that this is both a positional truth and an experiential truth as well. Raised up with Christ, Paul had already, um, I guess, touched on this in the previous chapter in Colossians 2, if you want to look there, verses 9 through 12. He said, for in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form, and in him... You have been made complete. And he is the head over all rule and authority. And in him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands in the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised up with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. It's hard to not just pause for a moment and look at a couple of things that he says in that passage in the previous chapter. Specifically, in verse 10 of chapter 2, where he tells the Colossian believers and would tell us, that in him, and we might say, and nowhere else, right, in him only, you have been made complete. And this word complete means to be, to, to be full. Fullness or completeness is found in Christ alone. I'm convinced that this sense of fullness or completeness, I say trust me on this, will always elude the believer who searches for completeness and wholeness 
outside of Jesus. It will always elude you if you search for completeness and wholeness outside of him because it is in him that we find ourselves complete and whole. Oh boy, another truth that we need to read, remember, and we were talking about this in our men's Bible study yesterday morning. Um, we all know this is true. We all know this by experience. We need to, we need to move beyond the things that we, the verses that we quote, the truths that we read, so that they become real in our lives, that they impact our lives day to day. I'm sure you saw this as we read through this, but he says, and he, speaking of Christ, is the head over all rule and authority. This is not me suggesting that that's a truth. That's the word of God proclaiming it to be so. He is the head over all rule and authority. We need to live with this truth in our hearts and minds. Not just simply occasionally recall that truth or occasionally quote that truth, but to live with that truth ever present in our hearts and minds. So Paul had spoken of this truth of being raised up with him to the Colossian believers, and he goes on in other passages that are familiar, and I'm not going to look to every one of them, but in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 6, the Apostle Paul spoke to the Ephesian believers of this truth as well, where he says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And verse 6 says, And raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So to the Ephesian believers, Paul had spoken of our being raised up with him and of our being seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now we all know, or we should know, that We seem to all be either standing or seated here this morning, right? But positionally speaking, you are, if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, born again, you are right now today seated in Christ 
at the right hand in, in him, and he is at the right hand of the Father, right? Uh, and Paul, Paul goes on to talk about that in Ephesians 1, or excuse me, prior to that, he had already spoken of this in chapter 1, verse 20 and 22, where he said about Christ, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. And every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church. That's where Christ is at. And we are raised up with him, seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I'm not suggesting that we are always living and remembering that that's who we are, but that's who we are. We're raised up. Are there times when you never, when you don't feel like you're raised up? Very high above uh, the things of this earth, but we are. When I think of this, I think about being above the ways of men, above the hopelessness and despair that surrounds us, above the thoughts of those Paul refers to in his letter to the Corinthians as mere men. Again, these are, these are truths that sometimes they're, they're too far in the back of our minds. And we need to get them up, up front. <laughs> we need to be thinking about these things as we live our lives. We are not, we are not merely men. That may seem strange, to you, but we are not merely men. We are born again to a living hope. We read in 1 Peter 1.3. We are new creatures in Christ. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5.17. We are the people of God. The Apostle Peter wrote in 1 Peter 2.10. We are sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus, Paul wrote in Galatians 3.26. These are all truths, and this is why in 1 Peter 2.11 we find that we are called to live as exiles and strangers on earth. So we've been raised up. We've been raised up. And as we go on in Colossians 3.1, the next thing we see is that we are to keep seeking the things above. We are to keep seeking. This is what is 
as other truths are, referred to as a present imperative, something we are called to do today, tomorrow, and all of the tomorrows that God might grant each of us. We were called yesterday to, to seek the things above. That will be your call tomorrow and throughout the week. This is not, and this is, I, I think, we don't even think about this. I think it just becomes uh, part of our life where we get it in our minds. This is something we do on Sunday. It's not a Sunday thing. It's a daily endeavor for each of us. And the word here talking about seeking is to, is to search for, to desire, even to require it in our lives. And I won't. <laughs> because I know I don't need to, because I know how the Spirit of God speaks to my heart. I want to ask you to raise your hand and say that's where you're at, or that's where you were last week. I'm, I'm one of those who's searching for, desirous of, requiring it for my life, the things above. but we need to. And we all know this, or we should know this. This must be purposeful, prayerful, spirit-led, and a Word of God-based endeavor. And I say purposeful because it won't just happen because you wake up tomorrow. By God's grace, by God's mercy, through his word, through the work of the Holy Spirit, we can, as new creatures in Christ, purposefully, prayerfully, spirit-led and word of God based seek the things above. I suppose that list could be quite lengthy, these things above. I think I would sum them up if I had to sum them up and simply say they are the things of God. They are the things of heaven. That place where we're right now seated in Christ, our eternal home. If we were to try to give them a name, these things above, we might simply say that they are Christ himself. Keep seeking 
Christ Jesus. They are all things regarding him. His character, his attributes, his motives, his ways, his gospel, his promises, his teachings, his word, his admonitions. I think these things are spiritual wisdom and understanding that the writers speak about. The things that edify his church, the body of Christ. The things that bring him glory and honor in these earthen vessels of ours. And if that isn't difficult enough for us, <laughs> he goes on and says that not only are we to keep seeking the things above, we are to set our mind on these things. We are to seek them and we are to set our mind there on them. Again, the idea of directing our mind to these things. And again, I can tell you from, I'm not going to ask you, I can tell you from personal experience. This again will not simply happen because we came to church this morning. It's important that we did but it can't end there, right? That can't be the end of our searching and our setting of our mind. There's a long list of things that get in our way. But let me simply say, there is too much there is too much that will otherwise occupy our minds and we will only be left occasionally seeking the things above but not have our mind set on them. There's too much that will otherwise occupy our minds. The Apostle Paul wrote to the believers in Rome, and in Rome, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, we read this, another well-known passage of scripture that I'm sure many of you know. He says, and do not... Be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable 
and perfect. I could ask for a show of hands. I'm not going to, but <laughs> how many of us have been conformed to this world this last week? this last month, this last year. Because, when we look at the mechanics of how it works, because we've failed to not just know it intellectually, but Know it in our hearts and minds and rejoice every day that we're in Christ. We're above these things. Because we haven't purposed, purposed day after day to seek the things above. Because we haven't set our mind on those things. We've allowed all of these other things to occupy our minds. No room for the things above. No time for the things above. When I read Romans 12.2, I see... A rule, if you will. If we're not being transformed by the renewing of our minds, we will likely be being conformed to the ways of the world. This is not an option uh, for us to consider this truth as a good one or a not-so-good one. We need, we desperately need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We don't want to be. I pray that we don't want to be conformed to the things of this world. The, again, in, in, in the comparison, the things so below us, so base. When we're seated with Christ in heavenly places, We're privileged to know him. Many of you have heard me say this before. Believers in the Lord Jesus Christ should be, they aren't always, but they should be the most thankful people who walk the face of the earth. Think about, they know God. They know God. They know what it means to have their sins forgiven. 
They know what it means to have a hope of heaven that, is, that supersedes all of the stuff of this life, this world. Again, as we talked yesterday in our men's study, the, the Apostle Paul called that what? That which is very much better. <laughs> the things of heaven. Being in the presence of the Lord Jesus. The things of earth, the things of earth in and of themselves are not necessarily evil and bad. We are not forbidden from being mindful of the things on the earth or to even think of those things, to consider those things. It would be difficult to navigate life without doing that. But let me just suggest that we can only afford to do so when we consider those things through the eyes of faith in Christ and through our position in Him. And I'll say something that I know that all of us know by experience. If, if our minds are set there on the things of earth, we will struggle much in this life. And it only makes sense, right? Because that's not what we're called to do as those who are in Christ, raised up in Him. If our minds are set on those things, we will struggle in our walk with Him. I suspect that you've experienced that, because I have. might ask the question, uh, again, God might ask the question, what is your mind set on this morning? What was it set on this past week, this past year? What will it be set on tomorrow? This is not, I, I do not for a moment uh, talk about this as it's some light, easy endeavor. This is a real challenge, brothers and sisters in Christ. But God has given us the victory 
and the ability for us, because He would not call us to do something He has not also promised to equip us and empower us to do, He's given us the ability to set our minds on the things above. He's given us the ability to seek the things above where Christ sits. And praise the Lord for that. In the other verses in Colossians 3, you're following along in verses 15 through 17, and we'll probably just look at verses 15 and 16. Paul again wrote this, Colossians 3, I'm just going to read 15 and 16. Think of this letter as written to you as you hear these words. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Sounds easy, doesn't it? <laughs> Sounds simple. Oh, how difficult it seems to be, though. Brothers and sisters in Christ, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. There was a time for those who are born again and here this morning, there was a time when that happened in your life. You were placed in Christ by the power and doing of God that time when God worked in our lives and opened our hearts and minds to the truth of the gospel, that Jesus died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he's risen. And in Hebrews chapter 12, the apostle, I was going to say the apostle Paul, I don't know that the apostle Paul wrote the book of Hebrews, sorry. The writer of the book of Hebrews, inspired by God, says that we're in a race. 
And you entered the race when you were born again. And he says in chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside, excuse me, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Again, not a one-time thing, an ongoing thing. Fixing our eyes on Jesus this morning, fixing your eyes on Jesus tomorrow. And, as I said earlier, and all of the tomorrows that God grants you. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That place, remember, far above where we sit also. Are we, are you, am I encumbered, weighted down by the things of the world? Are they entangling us, causing us to trip, stumble, fall? Are we running with endurance that God promises to give? And really, like we started off, are our eyes fixed on Jesus? I find sometimes that we, as believers, can kind of try to fool ourselves into thinking that, oh, that the encumbered one, the weighted down one, the entangled one, the one not running with endurance, the one without his or her eyes fixed on Jesus is the other guy. I so much appreciate this passage out of Matthew 26 verses 30 through 35, and this is a little out of context, but you'll get the point. It says, After singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, You will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike down the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. But Peter said to him, Even though the other guy, right? Even though all may fall away because of you, I will never fall away. It's kind of like the believer today, I'll never be encumbered. I'm never weighted down by the things of this world. I'm not entangled. I don't trip and fall and get stumble around in my faith. I don't need endurance. I'm doing well. My eyes are always fixed on Jesus. <laughs> Jesus said to him, it says in verse 34, Truly I say to you that this very night, before a rooster crows, you will deny me three times. 
Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. Peter's suggesting anyway, you're talking about one of those other guys. And if you read that last part of verse 35, it says, all the disciples said the same thing. We have a tendency to pick on Peter. All the disciples said the same thing. And what did they all do? Exactly what Jesus said they would do. They all fell away that night. In closing, And again, maybe this is because of, this, this, is, this is me, and I'm not suggesting it's you, but I couldn't help but think of the passage of Scripture we find in James chapter 1 as I consider the things that we've talked about this morning. James 1, through 25, it says, But prove yourselves doers of the word, and not merely hearers of the who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides in it, by it, excuse me, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. The next time, and I think we all have a mirror, you probably have one in your car, the next time you look in the mirror, remember that you've been raised up with Christ. Remember that you're called to seek the things above, ongoingly. And that you are to set your minds on the things above. As you look at the person in the mirror, remember that you're to let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And that you, the person in the mirror, are to let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. We need to ask God to help us see ourselves for who he has made us to be. And we need to ask him for strength, mercy, and grace to do the things that he's instructed us to do that we've considered today. And I would say, as we close, it's for his glory and for your best. That's what he wants. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your 
uh, word. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for oh, the way that you work. Thank you, Father, for who we are in Christ. Help us, help us to remember who we are. Help us to seek the things above. Help us to set our minds there and not on all of the other things of this life. Help us to be able to navigate and look at the things in this life, but, oh, Lord, help us not to set our minds on them. We just praise you and thank you for your faithfulness every day and ask that you would just uh, go with us as we leave this place, um, work in our hearts and minds as only you can, and we would give you the praise and the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen.